Support for this podcast and the following message come from KUST Campus Radio, a student-operated, non-commercial radio station. KUST provides students and faculty of St. Thomas a platform dedicated to creative storytelling, diverse viewpoints, and exploring a vast array of audio content. Tune in at any time to KUST at Mixler.com slash KUST hyphen radio. Welcome to Keep the Ball Rolling, presented by Tommy Media. On today's show, we talk about the Tommy's basketball and hockey performances in the NCAA playoffs. We also bring on two of St. Thomas's MIAC Coach of the Year recipients, and we will recap some of the state hockey tournament along with some other national sports news. All right, Carly, how are you doing today? I'm good, Alex. How are you? Good, excited for my second episode to keep the ball rolling. Me too. It's been a busy day, but I've been excited because this is the best part of my day. 3.30 yeah. in the afternoon, what more can I ask for? Talking Long to you day, and classes. Keep... Oh my gosh, busy day. I had yeah. work. I had a f- we had a photo shoot together. We did have oh, a photo shoot We did shoot have today. a photo shoot. Our <laughs> KTVR photo shoot. That was pretty real fun. good. Looking, looking <laughs> good on the ads. Yeah, those turned oh, yeah. out all over <laughs> campus. Oh yeah. Um, so it's been a busy day, but yeah. happy to be here. It's, La- it's my last day of the week, so there you go. I'm in a good mood. Yeah, we'll talk yeah, about we'll that. Probably, we'll talk yeah. about that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so we should start maybe at the uh, NCAA uh, men's basketball game versus Guilford. I mm-hmm. think I was there for that game. Um, it was the Sweet 16. It was in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, um, my home state of Wisconsin. Really, really fun to be back. Um, unfortunately, they lost 80 to 73 uh, to a Guilford team, which is from North Carolina. They were unranked. A really good game, though. Um, Guilford was probably a little underrated coming in. They were unranked, which is a problem with the NCAA rankings, um, especially the D3. Uh, people don't see these teams play. So if you got a team like Guilford out there, um, no one's ever seen them play before mm-hmm. uh, because people don't watch the stream. So people who vote only vote based off of their record, their point differential, that kind of stuff. So Guilford probably should have been a ranked team. Um, they weren't, but they're very good. I watched the game on... TV streamed it. I was having some problems with my stupid uh, smart TV, so I had to watch it on my computer. But that's besides the point. Um, they Guilford, they had some length on us. I feel like yes, they, they had. Bit... Uh, it was three guys over six four. Yeah. Um, one of them was six six, and they could all jump, jump mm-hmm. out of the gym. They were th- absolutely throwing down before uh, oh before the games. That's um, intimidating. But we were winning at halftime, thirty nine to thirty. Um, Michael Hannon, I think, had 17 points in the first half. He had he was just shooting lights out. Yeah, he ended up with 28 in his mm-hmm. final game of the career. He just he, he couldn't he couldn't miss. It was everything was going right. It didn't even hit the rim. All the shots. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unfortunate that they lost, but I mean, he couldn't ask for a better way no, to go out. You really can't. You really can't. Um, Anders chipped in with 13. Besides that, no one else is in the double digits. So uh, it was really spread out throughout the um, entire lineup. Um, for Guilford, their leading score was uh, forward Cal Gregory. He had 25. He was about six six and was uh, more of a. It was, he was a post, but he really liked to take the ball to the top of the key and drive more than uh, playing in, on the block. Um, and it's it's unfortunate. Uh, as I said, we were winning thirty nine thirty at halftime. Um, it was a strong second half by Guilford. I think they outscored us by like seventeen or something like that. 
Um, St. Thomas, they didn't have a problem st- scoring. So they couldn't get the stops they needed when they needed to. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of back – for about five minutes of the game, there's about – it was back and forth, back and forth, training layups, training three-pointers. Um, and eventually Guilford pulled away and then uh, hit free throws at the end, and that was it. Yeah, they ended their season with a good record overall. Um, it was remarkable compared to last season. They, what were they last year? I think fourteen and twelve. Yeah, it was. Um, last season was extremely disappointing. Yeah. Cause, uh, but you know, this they definitely redeemed themselves this year, and they have a lot of young, lot of young players coming back. Mm-hmm. They do lose um, Connor Bear, starting center; GT Johnson, starting three; and then uh, Michael Hannon was the starting shooting guard. Yeah. Um, and especially with GT Johnson's defense, he was uh, all Mayak defensive player, um, defensive team. And it's going to be hard to replace these guys, but, you know, it's next man up at St. Thomas, like for every other sport. Exactly. So uh, we won't have a problem with that, I don't They foresee. saw a freshman guard, Anders Nelson, who received – he just received uh, the West Region Rookie of the Year. Yep. Um, which is the first award for a Tommy in the 13-year history of the award, which is pretty cool. Um, and they came into this season ranked number four in the conference, and they were unranked nationally. Yep. And they got as low as number five in the country, which is insane. I mean, they were pretty much underdogs coming into the season. And yeah. then look at – they went on a 21-game win streak. And that helps. I think that mm-hmm. helps a lot. Um, they didn't really have the target on their back. Um, and uh, they they showed last year was a fluke year, I think. Yeah. This is just the, still a St. Thomas program. We're still going to be around for as long as as long as long we're here. Exactly. So. I still think they have great potential in the future. And I'm yeah. excited to watch them the next couple yeah, of years. Yeah, me too. Um, Anders Nelson's going to be fun to watch the next three years, that's for sure. Absolutely. Going into women's basketball, they're yep. still in this thing. Yeah, they're still in it very much so. Um, so I didn't go to the game on Friday night, and you clearly weren't so there. So I didn't go, but we uh, after the I traveled with the men's. So mm-hmm. after the game, we went to a dinner. Okay. And we were all watching it on our smartphones, kind of like different three different pods. Everyone was watching it, uh-huh. and it was a really good game. Amherst, yeah. Yeah. Amherst, I think, was the number six team in the country. So the girls had a, had a, just a, had a death region. They had Amherst um, and Warburg, who mm-hmm. was their only other loss. So that's just really tough region, probably the toughest region in the country. And they won in overtime, which I heard was yep. insane, which is really so cool for them. So they did win in overtime. Uh, Hannah did her – Hannah Spaulding did her thing, 28 points, 18 rebounds. Just another another night for Hannah, it seems like. Um, Amherst's uh, leading score should probably be an All-American, Madeline X. She had 26 points. She also shot 20 times. Um, and then uh, for what I caught, it looked like it was a really good game. Yeah. Um, the end. We saw Cam Hendricks, who's a player for Amherst. She hit a three um, at the buzzer to send it into overtime. Um, and a really good set play by Amherst. She was wide open at the top of the key, hit it cold blood as the buzzer as the buzzer went off. And uh, they went into overtime. But they pulled away. Yeah. Um, they found Hannah in the post a couple times. And Kaya Porter had nice drives in overtime. So. Well, we advanced, and then we advanced to Saturday's game, yep. which was against Warburg, which was supposed to be a good match since our team had lost to them earlier in the season by 20. 20. So I was expecting it to be a really close game, but we blew them away, 85 to 56. Yeah. That was that was insane. Yeah. it's, it's um, We shot lights out. You, yeah. were, you were not at that game. Either. I was not at the game, but I watched on you watched my, it? I watched my laptop, at least the first half, and then I yeah. figured, you know what, this is over. Guard so. Lucia Renikoff, she went off from the three-point line yep. along with Kelsey Cox. Um, Lucia sank five of nine uh, three-pointers and ended up with her game-high 22 points. Yep. And Kelsey Cox scored career-best of 15 points, which most of those were threes as well. And we actually went 16 from 30 from the three-point line in that game. That's a lot of, a lot so of over 50%. Shots, yeah. And everybody, the crowd was just going wild. Every time a, a three was yeah. shot, 
everybody's arms were up in the air and we were just ready thinking that it yeah. was going to go in. The atmosphere in the, uh, the Schenick Arena looked very good to, uh, this weekend, that's for sure. It was very fun. And the Tommies capped a 17-0 and home season. So they didn't lose at home. And, and hopefully they take that. Yeah. Take that win into this uh, weekend's Final Four in Salem, Virginia. And you're going. I'm going. I'm leaving tomorrow morning at, uh, we're leaving here at 4.30. Yeah. Going to catch a couple flights and Red then eye. a bus. <laughs> and it's going to be a long day, but I'm excited. It should be fun. Yeah, that's 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 going to be a lot of fun. Final Four is a big deal. Um, I don't think anyone else, I, I shouldn't say that, but there's it doesn't seem like anyone's going to beat this team right now, especially the way that they dispatch of Warburg and just beat Amherst. I'm hoping that I'm coming back with some national champions. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Should be fun. Um, they're playing... Bowdown. Bowdown. Bo- How do you bo- say bo- that? Bowdoin. Bowdoin. <laughs> I don't know, but their logo is just a polar bear. It's just a polar so bear So they're face. polar bears. Yeah. Okay. They're 30-1 this season. Um, I think they're ranked number two in D3Hoops.com, yep. number three in the coaches' polls. Um, they're one of the best teams in the country. In, the, in their, their basketball program, not their women's, just their men's, they're consistently excellent in basketball. Yep. Um, this is Coach Sin's uh, team's Division Three Final Four for the third time in eight seasons that they're going there. So yeah. I hope they come out with a national championship. That'd be really fun because I love I've loved covering their games this yeah. year, and I really you've love. been to a, a lot of them. Yeah, I think I covered seven or eight. So, oh wow! Yeah, that's gonna be really. I'm really excited for those games. I'll send you some updates. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Friday night nine. Is yep. that what it is? Uh, I think they play. They play at five or five. six or something. I think, well, yeah. the, the, the hockey's at night. Yep. Yeah, okay. hockey's late. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that game. Yeah, Bowdoin, so. The Polar Bears. The Polar Bears and the Tommies. Yeah. It should be fun. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Um, so, yes, everybody stay up to date on women's basketball. And mm-hmm. we'll go into women's hockey since yep. they're in the Frozen Four this weekend. Um, I covered that game this past weekend against UW-Eau Claire. Uh, that game gave me a heart attack. That's what Let's I've heard. I didn't that. watch it, but I've heard... Um, I heard it was insane. Yeah, obviously we ended up winning 4-3, to three, but the game intensity was high the entire time. Uh, it was the first time the Tommies played the Blue Golds in the 2018-2019 season, and the Blue Golds came into that game with uh, 12. They won 12 out of their last 13 games. So I knew it was going to be a good one. Both of our teams have been winning a ton. Um, so I, w- I knew to expect a good game, but... Yeah. That that just gave me a heart attack. That's all I can say. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing quite like <laughs> playoff hockey, honestly. No. Um, and of course they had the home field home field home ice advantage, home I ice, should yep. say. And they're home going rink. To, home rink. There yep. you go. And they're gonna versus um, Hamlin again this this week in the final. In it's the awesome that Frozen we're four. Yeah, I'm not sure how they're gonna deal with that, but it's gonna be a lot of people. Yeah, and not a huge arena. So. No, but um, I think they're ready for it. The girls are definitely yeah number ready one in the country. It. I mean, they're they're they the best in the country for a reason. They gotta. And this name. is the fourth time they're going to play Hamlin. Fourth time in f- six games. So that's yeah. that's pretty ridiculous. Um, I don't know how you – at that point, it seems like all game plans go out the door. When you play a team for the fourth time in six games, mm-hmm. I think it at this at this point it just comes down to, yep. to who – the players and just They know each plays. other so yeah. well, and they Tommies have won two yeah. out of the three matches. And you, then you can't, you can't, you can't game plan for this, for this kind of game where you're playing. It just can't happen. Are you going to go to it? Friday night? I will not be going to it no. Friday night, unfortunately. 9 well, p.m. is a little late for me. It's your bedtime? Yeah, it's my bedtime. <laughs> oh, Can't I think that. we'll have a reporter covering it, but yeah. I'll be wa- I'll have to watch it somehow yeah. online. I'll be covering tennis, um, 9 a.m. Tennis? Yep. Versus men's, nor- women's? Uh, men's tennis versus okay. North Central, the one in Minnesota, not Illinois. Okay. So, yeah. Nice. Excited for that. In the arc. Do you know a lot about tennis? Nothing. Alex? Oh. Nothing. No, nothing. Okay. I ex- today I studied um, 
some I watched I watched some Federer updates, okay. sort of Federer um, yep. highlights on YouTube, and that's what I know. So we're just gonna go. You into can go it. play some Wii tennis. That no, always helps. No, yeah, there you go. Wii tennis. <laughs> Wii tennis. Yeah. That's what I, I used mean, to it's do. It's our first time covering a, a tennis game in like two years at Tommy Media, so I'm excited to bring back the tennis fever here in St. Thomas. I was a great tennis player in sixth grade. Oh yeah. Because it was the only sport at my middle school that women. Could play in. That's Whoa. not good. So that's not good. Oh, yeah, tennis that's star. Should we call you Serena Williams yeah. or something? I was the sixth grade Serena Williams <laughs> at my middle school. So if you need any tennis yeah. insights, there you, you know go. who I'll, to call. I'll, 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 uh, I'll hit you up before the game and we can get some notes down so I don't I don't go in there too blindly. <laughs> I really don't know much about tennis either, so I'm glad you're well, covering I'm that. Excited. I'm excited I, for that one. I studied abroad in Australia for J-term, and we had the opportunity to go to the Australian Open, which was going on in yeah. Melbourne at the time. And I went, and I just could not get into it because I'm like, I just don't understand this. But I'm like, how often do people go to the Australian Open? Like, yeah. People fly over from all over the world to come see this, and I was just trying to understand what was going on. I mean... I get it, but I just don't understand the scoring and the like the line if the ball hits the line. Love and yeah. 40 love and 15. It just gave me PTSD from when I used to play. Uh, well, you know, I'm going to write a great story 9 a.m. Saturday morning. So. Okay. Yep. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, yeah, that was our wrap up for our NCAA weekend. Um, men's basketball is done, but we still have two women's teams in it, which is pretty exciting. Yep. Um, stay tuned to TommyMedia.com for updates on those two games. And, yes, uh, next we will be bringing on our, two of our head coaches, women's hockey head coach Tom Pakowski and men's basketball coach John Tower. So we will be bringing them on next to talk about their seasons, and they were both Mayak Coaches of the Year. Thanks for coming in today, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate it. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Good. Great to be here with you guys, Alex. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> After a long road trip with the men's basketball team. Yep, yep, that was a fun time. <laughs> I wish you guys would have kept winning. Then that was my turn next. Oh, <laughs> we kind of feel the same way. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's okay. Um, so we're just going to start with a fun question for you guys. If you could pick a favorite moment um, from this season, what would it be and why? Whoever wants to answer first can. Oh, good question. I guess, uh, you know, winning the Mayak uh, regular season, I think uh, a lot goes into that. Uh, even though you, you get the free bingo space with uh, the playoff one, I think the regular season is a grind. And uh, to accomplish that, uh, I think the team uh, works works quite hard to, to accomplish that. Well, I'm sure your, your favorite moment is uh, in the future, hopefully. Yes, good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a tough question. When you coach teams that are special, um, and I paused because as you asked that, Carly, it, you know, I started back, and I'll give you a longer-winded answer than you want, but we lost our opening game to Brooklyn, and as painful as that was, we took the train to the game. It was a snowstorm. So, I mean, that was a moment that I don't think our players will ever forget how we got to that game. We lost at the buzzer, which was not pleasant. Um, but we got a chance to play at U.S. Bank Stadium this year. Winning the conference title was a great moment. And then I think, you know, probably upsetting the number one team in the country on their floor, Nebraska Wesleyan, defending national champs. That was uh, that was certainly a highlight. I think that the guys won't forget. But but as coaches, I do. It's it's both of us paused because I think there are so many moments during the year where you can you can say winning a conference title, which is really special. But the reality is the relationships and the 
the growth that you see in the student athletes is probably more paramount in my mind. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. I'm not a coach, but <laughs> I can imagine that's how it feels. Yeah. I will never forget the atmosphere in the Augsburg comeback, uh, even though you didn't win the game when Connor had that dunk and transition, the alley-oop, that was something special for sure. Um, so Coach Bukowski, you've been uh, the women's hockey coach for, uh, or the men's hockey, women's hockey coach for 12 years now. You just surpassed your 200th career win. It's 202 now. Um, you've guided the program to another MIAC title, and you've helped your team get to the Frozen Four for the second time in program history. Certainly you deserve the MIAC Coach of the Year Award, but what do these accomplishments mean to you? You know, uh, as somebody once said, you know, good players make a make a coach look good. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think this team is special. Every year it's a different personality, and we try to, you know, tell the girls that when one season ends, no matter how successful you were, you can't recreate that same locker room the next year because you bring in new kids and just atmospheres change, and that's one thing we stress is, you know, you have to have a new identity and so just this group of kids coming to the rink every day I mean we have some characters I mean so many of them just always have a smile on their face and just you know have a joke or two or three to uh, to pull on me or uh, somebody else on the team so it, it's just a, a great experience. So Coach Char, this is your uh fourth um, MIAC Coach of the Year Award in eight seasons. So if we did that in a vacuum next year, you was a 50% chance that you win it, by the way. Some <laughs> math right there for you. Um, I know you'll say that the players are the reason for these awards, but um, what, what, do you, what do you do personally, routinely, to stay focused and maintain the level of success that you've had uh, year in and year out? Well, I mean, the players are key. I would also say our assistant coaches are incredibly important. You know, these are people that are not full-time employees and uh, frankly, they work like it during the season. Yeah. Um, and so, those, I mean, those awards, it, it sounds cliche, but really they reflect your team had success, people worked hard, um, and it's certainly nice to be recognized by your peers. Um, but at the same time, I think the sustainability of any program, you know, it starts with a culture that, that Palco is talking about where, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to measure it, and it is slightly different from year to year, but I think it's a culture focused on a quest for excellence, a certain selflessness where nobody cares who gets the glory, nobody cares about MVP awards or scoring leaders, things of that nature. And there also has to be a lot of joy in it, that from the characters who make you laugh to uh, the kids who just, they're, you know, in basketball, the gym rats who are in the gym all the time. I think when you combine talent and, you know, having fun and an unselfishness, that's when special things happen. And it Every year, it's sort of like a different chemistry experiment, and sometimes you push the right buttons, other times you don't. Um, but I did feel like this year with the you know the season we had last year, um, first time in 13 years not winning the conference title, we came in a little bit as an underdog this year, which I think the guys relished. It was kind of fun not to have a huge target on their back and yep. uh, was very proud of how they played all year. Kind of going off that, Coach, coming into the season, your team didn't have super high expectations. You were ranked fourth in the MIAC were unranked nationally, and you made it all the way down to rank number five in the country. Um, what does this say about this year's group of guys? Well, I, I think first off, I think it's easy to point to last year and say what went wrong. And the reality is a lot of things from youth to injuries to losing close games. So the previous year, if you talked about how I felt about those guys, I loved them just as much and were just as proud of them. 
Uh, and those were seniors who won a national title as sophomores. So it, I think it's easy to say, well, what happened in 2018? Well, things didn't go our way. We didn't perform or coach as well as we'd like. But I do think this year, you know, number one, I think a lot of guys came back with experience from the previous year, and they benefited from that, even though there were some painful losses. Uh, number two, we were healthy, and that's always critical. It's not always something we can control, but it, you know, we were really, really healthy all year, and last year we were pretty banged up. Uh, we got some good freshmen, and I thought they – kind of injected a lot of uh, kind of passion and, and creativity into our offense. Uh, and then the last thing is I think our senior captains, those three guys, Connor and GT and Michael, each in their own unique way uh, with their own personalities filled a role and they they modeled everything that I talked about in the last question about being unselfish, having a lot of fun doing it, being a great teammate. And so when you have three captains like that, it's easy for the young guys to fall in line. And when we talk about building culture, I mean, that is how it perpetuates itself, is you need seniors who, as coaches, really they're extensions of us. And I thought those three guys were remarkable all season. Absolutely. I never got the chance to cover any of your games. The boys always got it. But um, <laughs> I've enjoyed watching your team play this season. Seems like you. they played really well together. And I used to play basketball myself, so... It's been fun to watch. Yeah, I never played basketball. I haven't made a free throw in like three years. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Um, Coach Bukowski, your team has worked their way up to the number one ranking um, for the first time in program's history, and your wins-to-loss ratio is remarkable, 25 to 1 to 2, the most wins and best percentage in program history. How do accomplishments like these keep your team motivated, even though they're pretty much nearly at the top? Well, there's only one team at the top, and that's uh, we'll find out Saturday mm -hmm. night. So yep. it's great to be ranked number one. Uh, I'm very proud of the way the girls responded. You know, when we moved up to that ranking in mid-January, I was a little nervous with the schedule that we had coming up, uh, how we would handle that. And I have to give the kids credit. They, uh, you know, as coaches, we got together. We said, all right, what, what can we talk about? And... You know, it's, we didn't recreate this, but, you know, getting to the top is difficult, but staying at the top is a lot tougher. And uh, I think the kids have bought into that. Um, I think they have a little motivation from last year that they didn't get to showcase their talents in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, so far so good. So uh, looking forward to Friday night. Yeah, so this Friday you play Hamlin for the uh, fourth time this season. Um, Four, which is, fourth time in six games, Fourth by the time way. in six games. Yeah, it's been yeah, like how, 20 some days, I think. That's, that's something extremely rare in sports <laughs> where, you play, where you play a conference team four times in, in six games. Um, how are you going to approach this game with the two teams that know each other so well? Are you going to try to change things up or just be yourselves? You know, I we know each other too well, so there, there's not going to be a lot of changes by either team, I don't expect. Um, this time of year, it simply comes down to execution. Um, in hockey, we call it puck luck occasionally. You need a little of that uh, to win championships. And uh, I think we got a little bit of that last Saturday. And we I took, witnessed that. Yeah. Give me a little bit of a heart attack. But uh, credit to the girls. They took advantage of uh, that and uh, rallied to win. So I guess... Uh, they just need to, to stay focused and keep that uh, that hunger for a couple more days. I know we're uh, we've lost a couple kids to season-ending in injuries, and uh, we filled in 
you know, because of our depth. And uh, I know we got a few more that are just <laughs> trying to get to the finish line. Uh, <laughs> our training staff has worked wonders this year, so uh, we'll see what happens. Awesome. Um, so this is for both of you again. Your players have game day routines and rituals before games. What is something that you guys do to prepare for every game? Do you guys do something special before games or during the day? Um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I I try to keep uh, a little bit of the same routine. I, I tend to get to the rink uh, quite early. Uh, my uh, ice vanilla latte uh, <laughs> is always in play. Um, <laughs> Whether I want it or don't want it, uh, a little bit of superstitious uh, play. And, uh, you know, I'm typically doing uh, practice jerseys and towels day of just to keep myself uh, focused and uh, doing something. <laughs> so, yeah. Good. We usually go, we have a shoot around with the team, and they, they end with some different contests that they love. Half court shots is oh, sort yeah. of the. The capper where we have our guards yep. against our posts, and that gives them bragging rights. But so, <laughs> anything to put them in a good mood. We have a certain routine that we try to keep, but then you want them leaving that, you know, feeling good. And then I, I like to take a nap before games. Uh, <laughs> dating back to when I played, I just feel much better if I take like a 45-minute nap. And then for me, it's a large mocha with extra espresso. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where do you go. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I wonder. You must have an endorsement if yeah, you're if you're yeah. number one in the country. No, uh, the Palco special. If I ask for it, <laughs> Caribou's close to the rank, oh, but yeah. it's not How my favorite. You? I'm Caribou as well. Caribou. Uh, so yeah, well, for a while I was really superstitious, and we lost a couple of games with Starbucks, and now Ooh. I've gotten over oh, that. Yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah. The first time we won the national title, we were in Salem, Virginia, and I hate coffee, but I'll okay. drink mocha. Me too. And. And they made me coffee. And I remember our trainer, Kristen, had chocolate like Hershey bars. And or whoever our trainer, it might not have been Kristen even back then, whoever it was was like literally melting Hershey's bars in the coffee. So I found it tolerable because we were going on like two hours sleep from the night before. We're, yeah. you know, prepping for an opponent. So, uh, yeah, little little coffee that I try to stay calm with the referees. So that's probably the extra shots probably not needed. <laughs> oh, I love that. So um, coffee's a key success, it sounds like. Apparently, <laughs> if you start, want to be ranked number one in the country. Yeah, and... I'm going to start coaching one day. I'm going to start coaching <laughs> coffee a little more often. Well, here. Coach Caruso, have you ever seen him pace? He has. Oh, yeah. He perpetually has a coffee mug in his hand. I, I always think see it's that. an extension have, of his I have, body. I have, I've seen he never <laughs> He doesn't eat during no, the day, no, apparently. No, just coffee. That's all. That's all he lives off of. I guess that's what coaches at St. Thomas do. Yeah. That's yeah. what we've learned today. All right. So, Coach Tower, you were graduating, obviously, the three seniors you talked about. Um, it's going to be very hard to replace those people, but you have a good base uh, of young and experienced players. Uh, Mayak Rookie of the Year, Anders, uh, Nelson, Sixth Man of the Year, Burt Hedstrom, Ryan, Riley, Tom Madison, Elijah Hanna. Um, have you started preparing and envisioning uh, for what the team will look like next year? Well, I think we're excited, certainly, to bring those guys back, along with a lot of other young players who yeah. didn't play as much this year and hopefully some good incoming freshmen. So we feel good about the foundation. But but the reality is when a season ends, and it always seems to end abruptly when you lose, uh, you want them right now. they got to catch up with class, with the travel we've had, yeah. with midterm breaks. So really this is a time where I think it's important for both their bodies and their minds to sort of recharge and then – after spring break, you know, we can't work with our guys again until October 15th. Yep. So uh, our rules really limit that. But in terms of what I would hope, I'd hope they'd have a vision of, all right, we just saw some of the best teams in the country. We want to get back to that spot and hopefully get a little further. I think that 
should be a great motivator. And so, you know, I don't think our style of play is going to change 180 degrees next year. I think we like the tempo that we play at, and I think we really uh, we have a good group as far as how conditioned they want to be. And a lot of it is their commitment to getting stronger and, and more experienced. Um, this isn't for both of you guys again. Obviously, everyone sees how well your teams play on the outside as a fan perspective and reporter. But what is something that each of your teams struggled with in the beginning of the season that you think you've really improved upon now into the end of the season? Well, for for us, uh, we have, I think for the year, we averaged about eight or nine turnovers a game. I think we we're first or second in the country in it, and that's a big stat to me. It just mm -hmm. assists in turnovers. If if you're a player who shares the ball and you're tough with the ball, I mean, it's really life, right? Like if you're an unselfish person, you're hard work and things are going to go right. And so we use that assist to turnover ratio as a metaphor for a lot of what we do and the skills we try and teach. First two games this year, we had 19 turnovers and 19 turnovers. And so I I thought I might stay out in Brooklyn after that because <laughs> um, it just I can't watch basketball when I see oh, the ball no. flying all over the place. It yeah. just to me, I there's a certain risk reward proposition in life. And, and again, we're trying to teach lessons no different than students learn in the classroom, right? How do you make good decisions? And and so we had some long talks and film sessions about here's how we're going to play. And if you don't want to play this, way, you know, we're going to find people mm -hmm. who are willing to take care of the ball. And I thought after those two games, our turnovers were incredible. And so I give our guys a lot of credit that I think the improve and some of that was a lot of young guys playing with each other for the first time, right? So there's going to be some messiness. Um, but I thought the rest of the year we were we were very sure-handed with the ball, which was which makes it fun to watch as a fan. Did you ever punish them? Did you make them run for turnovers? My high school coach used to make us run for turnovers. We there there are times that okay. we do. Um, <laughs> although I I have to say there there's also with offense I don't want people playing scared. So that mm -hmm. that's it's more getting them to see. Look, you think you can make that pass? Yep. You can half the time. But we throw 300 passes a game, and so if you complete half of them, you're going to have 150 turnovers, and we'll all be out of the G. So yeah. it's more about getting them to understand. I'm not trying to be difficult on you. I'm trying to get you to see, hey, that's a good pass. That's a great pass. Mm -hmm. That's a dumb pass. And so uh, we don't run a whole lot. We, if we're going to run or punish them, it's usually for a lack of effort or okay. a lack of paying attention. Those are the two things that mm -hmm. are going to drive me nuts there. But if you miss four straight shots – yeah. Well, if you're a good shooter, keep shooting. If you turn the ball over four straight times, then we're gonna have it. Then, then you're gonna come to my office and we're gonna watch a lot of videotape, and I'm gonna just ask you, what in the world did you see there, okay. and let you talk. Yeah. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Wow, that was that really got my heart. <laughs> Coach, how about you? Um, you know, we've been pretty consistent all year from from day one, mm -hmm. um, which scares me a little bit. Um, I keep thinking when's that clunker going to come as all coaches think um, but I think at this point you know I think we've weathered that I think typically in the past our clunkers have come against subpar competition where we play down to the competition um, I think at this point you know I, I think it's been more peaks and valleys um, probably our power play comes and goes um, penalties come and go um, so those are probably two of the things we're really looking for this weekend is to to win the special team battles each and every game and see what happens awesome so if you two could coach any other sport at st thomas what would it be and why 
<laughs> and it can't be we can't be women's basketball and men's hockey. That's cheating. That's that. cheating. It has to be a different sport. Yeah. Well, I mean, Scott Proshak and Jim Deutsch <laughs> clearly have the easiest job on campus. So. I do know nothing about golf, but I think we could do that. Yeah. Yeah. You and I, I'll be Jimmy Deutsch. How about that? Uh, so I would have to say golf. 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 Yeah. Men's golf, women's golf? Uh, either one. Either, okay. either yeah. one. Uh, yeah, golf would be tempting. My dad was actually a golfer here at St. Thomas. He was a 63 oh. grad and a captain of the golf team, and I'm the worst golfer. So, like, <laughs> th- that's why I hesitate. That would be a fun sport, but I'm a bad golfer. I'm in a bad mood when I leave a golf course. I'm tired. I'm broke. Uh, so it's just a bad combination. Um, I played baseball growing up, and so there's a certain element. I think that's really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think volleyball is also a fascinating sport. When I watch what Tang does with his team and – just the energy in a volleyball match. There's so much. It's interesting, the cultures, but there's so much positivity. Yeah, I just joke with them. You can't necessarily tell. I teach psychology. Yep. And you, if you take snapshots of emotions, you can tell if a hockey goalie got scored on or not, right? Yeah. You can tell if a basketball player missed a shot. In volleyball, after the point, they all celebrate, they right? They all get like together everybody, every time. Yeah. Every time where I'm mm-hmm. like, who scored, who didn't? And I don't know all the rules, so sometimes when the <laughs> net's moving, I'm like, did that count? Did it? But volleyball is a sport that I, because there's such energy and it's explosive athletes, like in the Olympics, I always find myself watching, whether it's men, women, beach, indoor, like it just, those athletes and the uh, the spontaneity, that, that would be fun. Yeah. I love volleyball. And it's weird because in Minnesota, they don't have... Uh, men's volleyball right. in high school. So when I come over here and, and people think that's weird, I, I'm from Wisconsin, I think it's super normal for me to see men's basketball yeah. or yeah. volleyball. It's awesome because these guys are just great athletes and people in Minnesota don't really get that taste, doesn't seem like. Yeah, my high school, uh, Columbia Heights, was kind of one of the top programs uh, volleyball that kind of started uh, things going and won a couple of state tournaments. So we were at a lot of games. And, yeah, I, I have to agree, the uh, energy <laughs> – level yeah. that uh, brings to the gym uh, is a lot of fun. So, yeah, I would uh, maybe take and be his assistant in volleyball. Right. It looks like we've got our new golf and volleyball <laughs> coaches. In the fall, we'll do volleyball. In the spring, we'll do golf. There you go. Beautiful. And then you can do your winter sports. It's the best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah. Don't give our new AD any ideas, <laughs> Phil, if you're listening. Palco and I are overworked. Yeah. Uh, All right, so we're going to have one more question that our, actually our producer Althea is going to ask here. We ask everyone this question. We take tallies of what they say. So. Yep. Even though you're only our second guest yeah. of the semester. <laughs> yeah, we did this last semester, too. We asked um, all of our guests that came in if Des caught it. But we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to stay on the football track. But we want to know, is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time? <laughs> I'm going to go with yes. I, I I mean, I think Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, there are cases that can be made for a lot of them. Dan Marino, probably a lot of other guys, and I'm not a football historian. But when you just look at the the level of excellence and how they've sustained it, I really, in pro sports, it's so difficult that you, you look at the Patriots, I'd say the Spurs in basketball, um, baseball, there's a lot more, I think, uh, parody. So I, yeah, my short answer without being an expert in this is it's hard, it would be hard to argue somebody else. Uh, I would agree. Uh, the sustainability is, as a coach, to look what they've done, to look what other teams have done. And, you know, they talk about windows of opportunity. Every other team has, you know, three or four years to get it done, and yet they've been doing it for 20 years. Uh, it's pretty remarkable. So definitely, yeah. yes. And I agree. And that's a, we had a, uh, Paul Allen on, who's the 
last uh, last episode is the uh, play-by-play announcer for the Vikings, and he said the same thing about the sustainability of the Patriots and Tom Brady is just fantastic. And I think that's I think that's the one differentiating uh, thing between him and any other quarterback is how long he's done it and how many games he's won. And I think that that part it's 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 fun to argue these types of things, right? Yeah. Who's the best <laughs> hockey player of all time? Who, and sometimes people, you know, you, like you look in basketball, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, some uh, other players. And I don't want to get into that, but it's hard to evaluate because a guy like LeBron James may end up playing 20 or 22 years and Jordan didn't play as many. So how do you, you know, the longevity versus the brightest moment, like the apex, I don't know if Brady's best season is better than somebody else's best season, but I'm with Pelco when you put it all together. To me, that's mind blowing. Knowing what a 40 year old's body must feel like (laughs) after taking the hits that he does, that that alone is incredible. And he still wants to keep playing for Five few more years. years. Yeah. yeah. That's, crazy. that's crazy. Insane. All right. So I think that's all the time we got here tonight. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. Are you sure? <laughs> I mean, if you want to stay, you can. I mean, I have nothing going tonight. Yeah. What do you have going on? I'm the one that could be here. Yeah. He has to go talk to the women's seven basketball months. team. Yeah. Sarah's awesome. in Florida, so I could go break down film or I could stay <laughs> here and talk. <laughs> oh, well, good luck to you, Coach, this weekend. Thank and you. Coach Tower, congratulations on your season. Um, maybe we'll have you guys on again in the future. It was fun. I don't get to talk hockey very often. Yeah. No, yeah. I like this little round table or yeah. little setup. rectangular <laughs> setup, but uh, I like the are, banter back and forth. Yeah, you guys are welcome anytime. Thanks for having us. Yes, yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank you. So that was a great conversation we had with those two coaches. Yeah, I don't know about you, but coaches like that who just care so much about their teams and their players – Makes me really miss playing sports. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I wish they were my coaches. Yeah, I still have the opportunity, uh, but <laughs> yeah, you yeah, do. those are uh, good characters. Fun time with talking with them. They're so passionate, and they simply just like love the game and love yeah. what they do, which I think makes it even better. Like yeah. they're so they were awesome people to talk to, and yeah. I'm glad we had the opportunity to chat me with too. them today. Speaking of passion, the Minnesota State Hockey Tournament, which quite frankly I don't quite understand. Um, because people really, really care about high school hockey in Minnesota. True. And I know I'm a – Seems fitting because we're both not from yeah, Minnesota, you know right? What? That's why we don't get it. So <laughs> it, I don't quite understand this hoopla around it. Um, it's cool. Like I love how into it they are. They sell at the Excel Center. It's really fun. But it's just like people – I was watching with some friends on Saturday, and people are just like yelling at the TV and stuff. It's ridiculous. My, and, oh, my roommate yeah. – Still cries when her team lo- EP loses. loses. Yeah. yeah, when Eden Prairie loses. Oh, she probably she, was bawling on Friday, Saturday night. Oh, she oh. was. We're juniors in college. Like <laughs> close the year. People, people care so much about Minnesota State hockey <laughs> tournaments. Yeah, people are gonna be like mad at us for this, but it's just ridiculous. Look on the outside looking in, I guess for me. It's Minnesota though. Everybody yeah. loves. Well, hockey. see, yeah, Minnesota's got their hockey. Iowa has their huge wrestling tournament. Um, Wisconsin's got their big football term- yeah. tournament. So I guess. I guess every just, state has yeah. their thing. So yeah. we have to respect it. Yeah, but. we do. And I love watching hockey. I went yeah. to high school where hockey was a big deal, yeah. and we were good, and we made it to playoffs and made it to state. But yeah, I I, I enjoy hockey. Um, I watched two games. Uh, the first game I watched was Eden Prairie versus Layfield South. Um. Absolute marathon of a game. I watched that sitting in a hotel room when I was in Oshkosh um, Friday night. It might have been Thursday night. Um, but EP won 3-2 in three overtimes. It was ridiculous. It was uh, wow. They played two game lengths um, and uh, really fun game. EP won in overtime. Uh, really absolute marathon. Um, and then EP went on to lose to a Dinah 3-2 in overtime. Another overtime for game for them. So in two games – uh, 
Eden Prairie, they played in a three overtime game and a one overtime game. That's just a lot of ice time. Um, and Edina won their 13th title. Um, I know a lot of people are not happy about that because people in Minnesota do not like Edina or Eden Prairie for that matter. So lose lose situation. Um, frankly, I was cheering for St. Thomas Academy. I have, a lot of, I have a lot of cadet friends, so I really wanted them to win. A little underdog kind of thing going, but uh, I just like it because St. Thomas has family yeah, connection. Sure, sure. You know? And they all wear they all wear their um their outfits, you know, their uniforms to the games and their student section their goes gear, crazy. So that's yeah. fun. I enjoy that. But yeah, um state hockey tournament, I don't get it. So You just don't get it. Just don't get it. Well, it's over. Yeah. So I'm excited for next year. I'm excited for next year, I guess. Should we go together? We should, prob- we should probably go yeah. watch some games. Well, if we're not traveling, hopefully we'll be traveling to the Final Four for men's and women's at that point. I hope so. A I year hope ago. all of our teams are in it. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk some national news? I do. Okay. That's um, what I was thinking. Yeah. So the free agency period for the NFL um, just started this week. Um, and we'll start with some uh, little Vikings news, a little breaking news um, just a couple hours ago when we're, we're recording this. Anthony Barr, he's the linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings, and he was originally uh, had signed with the New York Jets, or it was reported that he had signed with the New York Jets in free agency. And so a, about a day went past, you know, thinking that we lost Anthony Barr. He was the one that injured Aaron Rodgers. Sorry. Seriously? Yeah. But he's actually decided he didn't want to be a Jet, and he's coming back to the Vikings on a five-year, uh, $67.5 million deal, which is really expensive. And I'm not sure how the Vikings are going to afford it. We're going to see how that works out. Um, where, are you get, where are you guys getting this money from? I don't know. A lot of it's like with Kirk Cousins right now. I'll get to that later, though. Okay. Um, but that's a that's a that's a big contract. He's a really good player. Um, I know Coach Zim loves him. He's an important part of Coach Zimmer's defense. So I'm not mad about it. I'm excited to have the Rodgers killer back. That's for sure. And the big news that everyone's talking about is Antonio Brown. Um, on Thursday night, it was reported that he was going to Buffalo, uh, and I think. One of the one of the lead uh, breaking news guys, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, uh, said that he was going to the uh, Buffalo Bills, but he decided that he didn't want to be a Bill. And um, I don't know if it was Antonio Brown backing out of the deal or if that was just uh, just false reporting. But he's not going to be a Bill. He's actually going to be a Raider. They are going to the Steelers are trading Antonio Brown. They traded Antonio Brown to the Raiders for a second and fifth round pick which isn't a lot for a player of Antonio Brown's caliber um but he after he got traded they uh restructured his contract for three years 50 million which is a lot and um so now all these receivers are getting paid a lot of money Odell Beckham Jr. Julio Jones um Antonio Brown they're all getting paid and the Raiders are making a lot of noise when before they head to Vegas next season uh see if the John Gruden keep keep that train going and then also um more Steelers-related news is Le'Veon Bell. He might want to be a Raider too and join his friend Antonio Brown in Oakland slash Las Vegas. And the Steelers are not exactly falling apart because they still have Big Ben and Juju Smith-Schuster, but Mike Tomlin needs to get control of his players. And I think uh, clearly they're just leaving. Yeah, they just don't want to be there anymore. I mean, Antonio Brown just like didn't show up for their last game of the year this year, Week oh. Seventeen. If they needed to win to get in the playoffs, and like he just like just didn't show up, and just like healthy scratch and just didn't come so yeah he was gone um Le'Veon Bell set out the entire year because he wants more money and I'm not sure if it's Mike Tomlin's fault or Big Ben's fault but it might be a combination of both but Steelers are just absolutely falling apart <laughs> and the probably the second biggest piece of news uh so far in NFL free agency is uh Nick Foles who 
won the Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles uh, two seasons ago. He got paid four years, $88 million to be Jacksonville's new quarterback. Um, and this shows that the quarterback market is just the way it is now. This is it. Everyone's going to get paid way too much money. And it's I won't even want to say it's too much because, like, they're paying top dollars for these guys. And, and Nick Foles, Kirk Cousins, they're not elite quarterbacks, but they're good players. They're not Aaron Rodgers. They're not Tom Brady. They're good players. But this is just the way it is. And it's not overpaying, per se, because it's just how inflation works. If gas prices go up <laughs> at 450 are you going to say I'm overpaying for gas? No, because you need it. Yep. Quarterbacks in the NFL is just what you need. It, you need to win. You need a good quarterback to win. And a good leader. Nick and a Foles, good leader. He, I mean, he when he was filling in for Carson Wentz, yeah. he did a good job leading the team. So uh, I guess good job. They won a Super Bowl. They won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So he deserves to lead yeah. another team as starting oh, he, quarterback. For, for sure deserves it. At this yeah. price, you know, this is the, just the way the NFL is now. This is how it's going to be. This is, everyone's going to get paid. And it's not overpaying anymore. It's just what – this is what the reality. This is what it is. Just more, what America more wants. More money, more money, more money. Yep. I think that's uh, that concludes my thoughts. Does that includes your on yeah. NFL tangent. Still a little bit. I think we're all done there. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be more in a couple of weeks when we're back after spring oh, break. Oh yeah, spring break. The three weeks that'll be a lot of news. I know. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us on episode two of Keep the Ball Rolling. We will be back in a few weeks after spring break. Hopefully, the snow will be melted and spring sports will be in full swing, and Tommy Sports will hopefully continue to succeed. For Alex Panos and Althea Larson, I'm Carly Noble. Mm-hmm.